Here we go, episode 12 of the Hardline Sports Talk. Michael Merlo, John Michael Masiri here with you. What's going on? Ready to talk some sports. That's what's going on. Lots to get to, as always. I do want to start with the big story here in the tri-state area, and that is the New York Knicks. They fall to the Hawks last night. Series over. Knicks losing five at MSG. Lots. You know, the season overall was a success, right? But I can't. I think we may have underestimated the Hawks, but I kind of felt like this was a winnable series for them. I think we were all wrong with how good the Hawks actually were. But I think Nick fans overall, they should feel pretty good. Right, yeah. It puts puts a little stain on the season that hurts right now. But, you know, a couple of weeks from now when you're looking at the season as a whole, obviously great success. Didn't expect to be here at all. Not even close to the playoffs, let alone a four seed. Um. Yeah, like you said, I think we underestimated the Hawks a little bit, and maybe we didn't see this coming from Julius. I mean, we, well, no one saw this coming from Julius Randle, where he was going to collapse in the playoffs like this, and obviously that led to them losing. Um, but yeah, overall, a great season. Nothing to hang your hat on, and uh, see what they do in the offseason. That's what's up next now. We're going to get to Randle a little bit. We're going to talk about him and his struggles. The Hawks, I, I heard a comparison the other day. They're a, like a young Warriors team. They kind of remind people of that twenty fifth, like twenty fourteen team where they were on the come up with Young. They have Bogdanovich. They have Capella. They have um, John Collins is very good. DeAndre Hunter's in his second year, so they're a very good young team, and they have a series coming up against the Seventy Sixers. So we'll get to that in a little bit as well. But lots went wrong in this series. Um, they lose. They won the one game, game two at home, but they got swept on the road. They looked uncomfortable, especially on the road, and it just didn't look like they were ready. But again, they were a young team. But the one thing I was surprised about was that, and, they, and this is no, you know, not discrediting Nate McMillan at all. He, Tom Thibodeau was outcoached, and I was shocked. Yeah, me too. Uh, McMillan did a good job. I mean. Yeah, like you said, they, they the Knicks they couldn't play well on the road. Thibodeau, I don't know. It's like what else could he have done? You, you know, I get what you say he was out coach though because they they figured out Randall, they figured out how to defend the Knicks. I mean, obviously and you got to draw they couldn't. You got to draw a better place. Yeah, to get you Randall do have, yeah, exactly. You got to draw a better place. Um, which I don't think Tibbs is. I don't think that's his strength at all. And I think I think we realized that the whole season he, he's not great at drawing up plays like that on the offensive side of the ball. He's obviously a great defensive coach. Um, but he could improve on the offensive side. But yeah, they, they just got outplayed this whole series. Uh, and you're right about the Hawks; they're they're loaded. Um, Trey Young, as much as Nick fans can't stand him, the guy's got plenty of plenty of talent. Um, I get why you would compare them to like a young Warriors. You know, when the Warriors were on the come up, they had Clay Thompson, they had Draymond, they obviously had Steph. Um, and they, those guys hadn't even reached their potential yet. I don't think Trey Young will ever be like a Steph Curry. I no. think he, I think he could maybe get into the Damian Lillard territory in his prime. Um, but yeah, they're they're, they're going to be around for a while. They're, they're here to stay, the Hawks. They got plenty of time. There's a lot of things we can get to about the Knicks roster right now. There are a few guys on this team, and I can go through them: Alec Burks, Reggie Bullock, even Derrick Rose. 
they were asked to do a lot more than they're capable of. They were asked to be starters, go out and, you know, be real impact players. And they're not made for that. Those are bench guys. Those are guys that got to come off the bench. And I don't know who gets that credit, whether it's Julius Randle and how he played in the regular season or if that's just the coaching. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just credit to their defense and how good they were. They didn't need need them to go crazy on offense. But the playoffs are a different animal, and you can't rely on guys like that. It's impossible. You need stars to step up. And a guy that we thought was the Knicks star and Julius Randle did not. The Knicks are entering an offseason where there was a lot of good this year, and the, the outlook for the, the future is, is great, but they can screw it up because Randall's entering his contract year. You have all these guys, like, you know, these older players, role players like your Derek Roses. He's, he's going to be a free agent. They could screw it up if – they make the wrong move with Randall because who knows? Uh, people are saying they figured out Julius Randall. I don't know about that necessarily. I think he just had a bad series. They obviously defended him well, but I wouldn't say he got figured out. I mean, it would be pretty odd for him to play an entire regular season and all of a sudden a, a team found out to the perfect way to defend him. To be honest with you, I don't really buy that. Um, but yeah, they they could screw it up and and. There's a lot of different ways it could go. They can trade Randall. They can extend Randall. They can do nothing. They could package him in a deal for a star. Like, this can go a lot of... The, and, and let's see how many guys leave in free agency. I kind of felt that this year, when you look at Randall, I, w- I don't want to say it's a fluke, but I just don't think it's sustainable. Like, he was so, so, so good. And I just think maybe this season is kind of like what, what, what would you call it like an out like an out an outlier an outlier yeah that's the word i was thinking an outlaw right an outlier now i don't think he's going to be what he was i think he still can be a good player but i think giving him the max is not a good yeah. idea i think maybe him not even being a number two option i mean he can be i don't know if you're winning anything with him as your number two i think him as your number three you have a really good championship contender. Well, in the world of big threes and super teams, yeah, having a guy like you say, oh, maybe are you confident with him as your number two? Because you have teams that their number two is Kevin Durant, you know, like the Nets. Um, I wouldn't say Durant's But team. it's like give or take. It's okay. whatever night, you know. It's yeah. it's Irving one night, Harden one night, Durant the other night. Um, But, yeah, they, they – they got a lot of different directions they can go in. Like you said, how much trust are you going to have in Randall now? And I wonder how he's the, – the, you'll see GM polls in the offseason. I wonder how he's viewed throughout the league now after this series because he was – we were floating his name in the MVP conversation, and rightfully so. He had a fantastic regular season. The Knicks were back in the playoffs the first time in eight years. He was carrying the team at one point. He was destroying the Hawks. He was putting up 40 a night against the – I think he averaged almost 40 points a game against the Hawks in the regular season. And then he couldn't, you know, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat this, this series. Bobby Marks, who was like, I think he, he worked in front offices in the NBA. Yeah. He's with ESPN now. He's like their front office executive. And they were kind of talking. They were polling around the league that the Knicks really were not going to win this series. They kind of knew this was going to happen. Right. And I guess, you know, the hype around them and how happy everybody was to see playoff basketball back in Madison Square Garden. 
I kind of felt like, yeah, we, we overlooked a lot of flaws with this team. That, right. You know, we said, oh, they could beat the Hawks. They were obviously – the team this year was an overachiever. Right. Now, I think other teams don't value Randall as high. Okay. But I think that they could package him in a deal and get something for him. Right. I think there's absolutely a chance still. There are smart people now in the Knicks organization yeah. that if they get the right deal, they will say, okay, let's make this right. move. And it needs it, – it's not going to be a Julius Randall deal. You know what I mean? Like they need – they don't need any more, you know. Let's 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 hoard picks and so it's Julius Randle and something else for the whatever deal. You know the, I'm just going off the top of my head. I'm not saying the Damian Lillard deal. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna be. You don't want him to be traded. And he's the cent the the big name in that deal because yeah. you want to be improving your team, obviously. Right. I th- also you have to look at this next roster too. R.J. Barrett's a young guy. He could be a potential trade piece. Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, he's but a younger I'm, guy. I would, now I'm not saying I would trade these guys either, but I'm just saying I'm uh, looking at it from a front. Unless office. you can guarantee me like a super team, you know, like yeah. But I don't think they have the assets to be able to just you know whip up a super team. That's my point. There are not a lot of guys in free agency this year. I think Chris Paul is going. He I saw I read today that he's going to decline his forty million dollar option so he can get a three year like one hundred million dollar contract Jeez. in the off season. There are not a lot of guys in free agency, and no. if the Knicks are going to bring in a superstar, it's going to have to be by trade. And I'm looking at this roster; I see three young guys that teams would want, and that's about it. Kevin Knox is nobody wants not him. He's damaged goods. Him. Frank Ntilikina, same thing. Those are younger guys on this team. Mitchell Other Robinson, that, RJ, quickly, and probably Toppin. Is what I, and I, yeah, and I don't. Think, and Randall, we're not counting him as young talent. You know, he's been in the league for a while. Now. I don't know how valuable Mitchell is. I'm not even going to put it. I know Mitchell. You know, his has been a good player. I'm going to leave him out of that class of those three. I think those are the three teams would want the most. But Really, you think teams would want Toppin more than Mitchell Robinson? Yeah. He's on, what is he, going into his fourth year now, Mitchell Robinson? And he's already proven he's a, a decent center, at least. Good defender. Yeah, or I got Toppin, who I just drafted in the first round. Yeah, Showed a lot of promise, especially late at the late, he's 23 especially in the playoffs. Toppin. Yeah, he's, he's still no kid. A, he's still going to be in his second year. There's a lot of potential there. There's much more than Mitchell If I was from the Robinson. outside looking in, I would want Robinson more than Toppin. Obviously, we know right now Robinson's a better player. And I think just from, you know, it, it maybe if Toppin was 19 and really showed promise this all, uh, this season, like quickly did, then maybe, you know, I'd say the other way around. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. Mitchell Robinson's also had injuries, though. True. Especially this season. But – I just don't see how the Knicks – I don't see how they improve this team with a superstar unless they trade one of those guys. Like, a trade has to be made. Yeah, I understand. And, and obviously, they can package picks, too. They have two first-round picks this year. They have their own, and they have the Mavericks, but they don't have a lottery pick. It, yeah, it's going to be difficult to keep all this young talent. I was listening to somebody speak today, actually, about it, and – he was going through the roster. He said maybe three guys, four guys on this current team will be on the team next year. And I and I agree. This is going to be a completely different roster. Whether it's good or bad, it's going to be a completely different I roster. I could see that happening. And it might be for the better because, again, you have smarter people running the front office. Now. Right. You have a little. You have more trust than you did when Phil Jackson was running the team. Yes, exactly. Or and Thomas rightfully so. And oh, my God. Idiots. 
but just quick news here. Anthony Davis is playing right now in the Suns-Lakers game. He is hurt again. He played today. He came out of the game. He's questionable to return. If this guy stayed healthy, I re- Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. They're getting killed. Ten minutes to go in the second quarter. It's 40-16 to 16 Suns. All right, listen. Now that this has been brought up, and I, I've been thinking about this the past couple of days, ever since the Lakers lost that game five. Me and you agree that LeBron's the greatest player of all time. Yes. In terms of talent. You, know, you can talk about accolades and whatever, but the, the best man to step on a basketball court, talent-wise, LeBron James, right? Yes, agreed. He's, we've seen him carry countless teams and stuff like that. Are we starting to see him, I don't want to say fall off because he's still putting up the numbers and everything like that, but is he able to put his team on a on his back like he did when he was on the Cavs and you know the, the Cavs the first time, even the Heat, which he didn't really have to do. You know what I mean. It's tough. Is he able to put a team on his back right now? It's tough right now because at this moment, no. I still think he's hurt. I still think that high right ankle sprain is bothering him because it doesn't go away. I think the shortened off season also hurt him. Yes. So, ask me that next year. This season, no. I don't think he can, clearly. Because I think, especially in that game five, the offense should have ran. I think the offense's focus is on Davis and getting him the ball and getting him opportunities. But, and LeBron facilitates that. And again, he, you know, he's the point guard. But I feel like right now, no, because LeBron should be taking over. Right. Last game, they got blown out by, what was it, 30. They're, they're getting blown out by 20 right now. I think he's just given up on this team, to be honest with you. I think he and realizes this team is not going anywhere. But when I looked at this team, especially coming into the year, I said, that's better than what they had I'm, last year. I'm literally looking at the box score right now, and these names, these are... Solid household name. This is a really you know, good they, team. Marcus Gasol, Caldwell Pope, Dennis Schroeder's a solid role player. Montrezl Harrell, that's a great six man. Kuzma, like Drummond. They have yeah. Drummond is Drummond playing playing tonight? Who? Drummond. He he didn't start, but he, he's I'm got zero positive. minutes right now. Oh, then they haven't played him yet. He hasn't been playing well since he got there. Yeah. Well, since everybody came back, I think. But they have a solid even Wesley Matthew. Like they have a solid bench, and. Solid role players everywhere. And then you obviously know you have Anthony Davis is great, but he's been hurt. Marcus Saul's a starting caliber center. Dennis Schroeder's a starting caliber point guard. Yeah. And they got Kuzma coming off the bench. Yeah. Too. It's a good team. And I'm surprised that even without Davis, like they're this just, they're not in games. Right. They're not in games without Anthony Davis. Right. So that series kind of looks like it's done. I don't want to call it in the second quarter, but we'll see. We'll get back to you in a little bit on that the 76ers closed out their series against the wizards the other night last night on wednesday night and they did it without joel Embiid, who has a slight tear of his meniscus and i was reading something there's this doctor there's like a sports medical doctor he has a twitter account he even made like his own website and you can actually pay for like subscriptions or wow. yeah it's pretty cool but he tweeted out something about a meniscus tear he says that thing will not heal heal quickly and it's only gonna get worse Right. So he's, they didn't play him in game five. They won. They're going to have, I, I think, the first game Sunday. So not like a ton of time to rest it. But a, a physical therapy will help. But it won't, again, it won't heal. Right. So that injury can only get worse. And that could be an issue. 
And we're going to do over-unders later as our segment. And we're going to do it on the two Eastern Conference semifinal matchups. So we'll talk about who we like in those matchups. But this could be huge for for the winner of the nets Buck series. And obviously for this series, yeah. the 76ers can even make it without him. Yeah, I, was, I don't want to get too into it. Because like you said, we're going to talk about that series a little later. Um, but... That's that's you, you got to feel for Embiid. I mean, his whole career he's he's fought with with injuries. Um, that's a very loud car, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but like I said, he he struggled with injuries, and this Sixers team, you're not they're not getting. I don't want to get into it, but are they going to get past the Hawks if without uh, Joel Embiid? I think that's going to be a good series either way. And and knee a knee injury like a menis, meniscus tear isn't the surgery for that actually isn't horrible. No, it's like Luke Voigt tore his meniscus. He was out like two months. It's two months. It's not like an ACL tear. You got for a year. Um, but Probably they don't they don't have two months obviously. Exactly. Um, so for next year it'll be fine. But for the playoffs right now, and and they're not going to be able Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons and those guys. They're not going to be able to pick up the slack. We're again. We're gonna to get to that series in a little bit. Um, just some other news: the Jazz clinched their way to the next round. They beat the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies were a good eight seed. They won Game One without without Donovan Mitchell, but they played pretty well. Right. A lot of close, a couple of close games there, but they end up losing the series four one. And what else? Just now, the Nuggets clinched their series as well, four two over the Blazers. Damian Lillard had a phenomenal game. Yeah. Uh, what was that, Tuesday night? Yeah, he scored 55 points. Yeah, he didn't shoot the 12 ball threes. Off. Yeah. Unbelievable. And it'll have Nick fans dreaming and a lot of <laughs> other fans dreaming as well. Yeah. Because he would be a perfect fit, especially here in New York. But he is so underrated and he's so good. We kind of brought that up in the episode on Tuesday. But <sighs> unbelievable. Luca and the Mavs, they beat the Clippers in L.A. last night on Wednesday. Luka went for 42-9-9. Again, just unbelievable. The home team hasn't won a game in that series wow. yet. All ga- all games have been won on the road, which that is That was like um, Astros-Nationals in 2019. Yes. It's interesting. Makes really no sense, but... I know. It's interesting. So, one of the players that Nick fans can dream about, and we've talked about it before, is Kawhi Leonard. And I was actually explaining it to a friend before. Because he had said, if, if they do lose the, the series, we've said it before, we could see a possible, you know, blow up of that team. Right. Now, here's the thing, though. Kawhi Leonard has shown now that he's not patient. He signed a three-year deal with a two with two years after it was a player option. So, yeah. like, he has the option to opt out. If he does, he was with the Raptors for one year, didn't the, sign a contract a extension. trade from the Spurs. Yeah. So he's not a patient guy. You better be willing. You better be ready to right. win a championship as soon as he gets there. So I don't know if the Knicks are going to be in that situation if he did hit free agency this offseason. But that's, an, again, a name to look out for, for sure. Yeah. But I don't know how realistic that is. Speaking about the Knicks and the series, um, Porzingis, I mean, if you're Mark Cuban, you. I mean, you're not mad at that trade, but it hasn't panned out the way you wanted it to. Like he, it's not like he, his path that they projected him for, he's not hitting. You know, he's not getting better. It seems like 
defensively, he's kind of a liability. I mean, he's a good rim protector because of his size, but not a great rebound, rebounding, though. not at all. Um, he hasn't performed that well in in this playoff series. He's had a couple like maybe twenty point games, but he's also had like a nine point game and. He's not really your number two that you want to pair with Luca. I think they can go out and get someone better. I don't think that they're upset with the trade. I agree with you. They should they should look to go get somebody else. I don't think they're upset with the trade. I think they signed him to a big extension. Yes. I think that's what they should okay. be upset about. Yeah, it's not like they got like fleeced in the trade. You know, they gave a couple no. of picks that aren't even lottery picks, and they gave Dennis Smith Jr., who looks like he's not even a G League player. Right. Um. They tr- they got Tim Hardaway in the trade. Right? Yes. What else did the Knicks get? Not a lot, right? Um, oof. I'd have to. They look got it up. a couple first round picks. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Did they get anyone else? Did they get? Was DeAndre Jordan part of that? Or yes, DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan, Jordan was part of that deal. I'm pulling you up now, but yeah, I don't. I if I was the Mavs, I wouldn't be upset with a trade more than I would be with what the contract they gave him. Okay. So the Mavericks got Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Trey Burke, and Courtney Lee. Wow, Courtney Lee. Forgot about that. Oof. The Knicks got Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two first round picks. Right. So they're not kicking themselves no, for the trade not. at all. But they're definitely kicking themselves for the contract that they gave him yes. so early. Now I I don't know who's gonna win that series. I I'm not gonna try and predict Game six, right. I, I guess with the way it's been going, the, the Clippers are gonna win. It's in Dallas. Yeah. So, do you do you want to just dive right into this over under because I I want to talk some of this and yeah I, I'm like holding back right now. Let's do the over under. I just want to mention this quickly. The Nets did beat the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are making a lot of changes. We're gonna talk yeah. about the Nets when we do the over under. The Boston Celtics president of basketball operations Danny Ainge has stepped down. He's retiring as of right now. You never know. Another job might come up and he might say, you know what? I want to do that. <laughs> so Danny Age is stepping down and Brad Stevens, the head coach, stepped down and he's becoming the president of basketball operations and he is leading the charge and finding a new head coach for the Boston Celtics. Stevens was a great coach. He declined a very lucrative deal reportedly. I don't know the number, but it was a really big deal to go coach his think he's from there indiana yeah uh so he he declined that and he's now the president of basketball operations with staying with the celtics it's an interesting move Uh, i mean as one of the well-respected coaches in the league let's see if he could be an executive now doesn't we've seen it before it doesn't really always pan out but phil jackson (laughs) right so let's get to the over-unders now so we're gonna do over-under games on both playoff series so the first one would be the nets and the bucks it's we're going to set it at five and a half for both of them okay so five and a half games over under nets bucks i'm going over uh i'm taking the nets in six okay i think milwaukee's going to give them a tough time obviously with Giannis. um i could very well see this game going to seven i'm going to stick with nets in six um, especially with the home court advantage, even though Brooklyn isn't like a hostile environment to play in, but 
sticking with the Nets in six. Um, yeah, like I said, Gian, they have Giannis. We talked about it. They have Chris Middleton. They have uh, Drew Holiday. They're a very nice roster, and I think you're going to see, like any other team, but especially with the Nets, they're going to struggle to guard Giannis. Um, now, I think they can make up for that with the overabundance of scoring that they have. Um, but, yeah, I think you could see definitely the Bucks making this a series. I've thought about this a lot because this matchup has kind of been projected for a little while now. And I, this whole time, I kind of thought this would be a really good series. And today, somebody said something to me. They said, the Bucks choke in the playoffs. Giannis chokes in the playoffs. Yeah. And I looked at the stats. Giannis, I, I'm almost positive he had like one really good game. But other than that, he wasn't the guy that we see in the regular season. I'm going to go under. I'm going to say the Nets win it in five. Okay. And I think the series against the Heat was more so not the Bucks being so dominant because they're a great team. We know that. But I think it was the Heat just not. Right. And I was wrong. I, I said the Heat were going to make that a series because right. of the way the Bucks are in the playoffs. But I think it was more of the Heat not being just good. Okay. So I'm going to say the Nets, I think they're so dominant. The way they looked – I had the game on Tuesday night, and for the whole time, really, it was a six-point, seven-point, eight-point lead the Nets had over the Celtics. Yeah. And I turned it off to watch the Yankee game. I turned it back on. The Nets were up by 18. Yeah. It was like five <laughs> I was like, okay. It's kind of like they just they flip a switch, and that's it. You're done. So, yeah, I mean, with that much talent on the court and that, much great, that many great shooters, 100%. Yeah. So Even I'm, when you want to take out the big three. Joe still Harris got Joe Harris. Sure. Yeah, Joe Harris can get hot at any time. So. Claxton, the, the big guy. Yeah, he's, he's been playing very yeah, well. Yeah, he has. So, that could be... I don't know if he's It's crazy be. that this this team's fourth best player isn't even healthy, Spencer Dinwiddie. That's can crazy. You, can you imagine if they had Dinwiddie? They might have not traded for Harden if they had Dinwiddie. I don't know. I don't, who knows? But, yeah. So, I'm going to say the Nets win it in five. And, again, I thought that this was going to be a great 6-7. but. Right. I'm going to say okay. Nets in five. Now let's go over to the other series. That is the 76ers and the Hawks. Now, again, we talked about the Embiid injury. Five and a half games, over, under. What do you think? Over. Now, Embiid injury. If this was fully healthy, I'd probably still say over. I don't know. I'd be on the fence. I'm taking Hawks in seven. Wow. Okay. Um. This Embiid injury, I think this is going to be nagging. Who knows if he's going to be healthy for game one. He could re-injure it. We saw this with KD in the finals. It was last year with Golden State. He had that Achilles injury. Came back, completely tore it. You know, these injuries, can you can aggravate them, make them worse. Like that doctor you're talking about said. Um, so, I'm going to take Hawks and seven. It's a, it's, a, it's a star-driven league, and it's a guard-driven league. So... Trey Young, I think, can take over the game in an instant. We saw him do it with uh, against the Knicks. They have shooting. They have interior defense with Clint Capella. He could guard Embiid. I mean, he's not going to lock him down, but he can guard Embiid. Um, and he, who knows, like I said, if Embiid's even going to be fully healthy. So I'm going to go a little bold prediction here, and I'm going to take Hawks in seven. I'm going to agree with you. I think this would go – I think it's going to go over. Five and a half games. I would have said that even if Embiid was fully healthy because I like this Hawks team. I think yeah. they match up pretty well against the 76ers, actually. And I'm going to take them to win in seven games. Very nice. 
I think there are a couple of guys in the league that are unguardable. I think Steph Curry is unguardable. I think Luka's kind of getting into that territory where he's unguardable. Yeah. I think Trey Young, the way he plays, where he can just pull up from anywhere, he's so quick, he's so shifty. I don't know. As good as a defender as Ben Simmons I is. I was just about to say that. I, I don't know if Ben Simmons can stop him. I was just about to say that we're kind of going out on a limb here, saying that Trey Young's going to be able to you know handle Ben Simmons guarding him. So we'll see how that plays out. He could, he could clamp up Trey Young, and this could be Sixers and four. You know, this could easily go that way. But like you said, Trey Young, he can. He's a three-level scorer. He's crafty with the ball. He has very good handles. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I think, and I think we saw he's he's willing to rise up to the challenge. He's dealt with that his whole career. I remember uh, March Madness. I, they were playing, who was it, Rhode Island, Oklahoma in the first round. They were a 10 seed. And I couldn't stand Trey Young in college just just because of the style of play. I didn't love the drive and draw the foul and that. It was just boring to me. It's what, like same thing with James Harden. I don't want, like watching James Harden play. Um, so I picked Rhode Island, and they blew them. I, I mean, they blew them out of the water, Oklahoma. So, yeah, like I said, I think Trey Young's dealt with this his whole career. He's willing to rise up to the challenge. We saw that in... Uh, the first round against the Knicks and that whole charade with the fans. So, I think he'll he'll be uh, looking forward to facing Ben Simmons. I don't know if you remember. I loved Trey Young in college. Yeah, I loved him. Huge fan. I I still like him. I you know I don't have a problem with him. Yeah, not Was, a, not a diehard Knicks nah. fan. Oh really? Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if anybody could tell. You 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 like we're out to dinner and Merlo's like talking about the Knicks and he's saying we this we that I'm like what the hell everybody. is he talking about we and then uh, two minutes later uh, he's talking about the Nets and then he's going to make fun of the Knicks he's like imagine losing in the first round imagine losing in the first round so he's trolling the Knicks but then he's saying he's a Knicks fan he's a clown You're I don't clown. remember the last time I said I was a Knicks fan you literally said it last week on the show you were like oh uh, you know I didn't I, I went. I saw the hard times with the Knicks when I was a young Knicks fan. I did fan. say this, yeah. yeah. Real, real sob story, yeah. From rags to riches, you. Can I just give you an update here? What? You Darvish is not a very good hitter. But in his 10 at-bats with the Mets, he's 4 for 10. He just hit a double, okay? Mm. Making second and third. His second hit of the night. And then, I guess this is Jerks and Profar, just hit a RBI single. To drive in, um, I can't tell who that is. I'm sorry. So it's three nothing Padres now. Tatis that hit a two run shot. So we'll get to the Mets in a little bit. Not a great start. So just one more thing here I want to bring up. Coach K is retiring after the year. He's calling it quits. Uh, he's not been the biggest. Uh, he's not been the greatest guy in like the limelight lately. He was complaining a lot last season. Yeah. He had yelled at a. Uh, student reporter so congratulations to coach k it's he's turned be... into an old grumpy man he's yeah. gotta hang him up congratulations to coach k he'll have the you know the nice retirement tour and it's gonna be weird not seeing him and roy williams battling i was it just out. about to say that it's it's weird in the first place to not see roy williams now you throw in coach k duke unc is like never gonna be the same um obviously yeah one of the greatest coaches ever not only at the college level he's coached olympic teams has he ever had an NBA job, or has he just been at Duke forever? I'm most positive he's been at Duke. He's just been at Duke yeah. forever, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it doesn't – not 
much more I could say. The guy's one of the greats. One of the greatest of all time. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to get to some baseball. We'll be right back. The SND Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. We are back. Hardline Sports Talk, episode 12. We're going to get to some baseball here. I want to start with the Yankees. The Yankees lost Thursday, 9-2 against the Rays, but they split the four-game series. With the way this team's playing, J.M., I think this this was good. Good, not great. Um, Again, the way they've been winning, they had that nice game the other day when Clint Frazier hit the walk-off in 11 innings, um, had a couple chances to win that game, but still not scoring a lot of runs. They lost 9-2 to today. Uh, Garrett Cole had his worst start of the season. Luck wasn't really on his side. I was dealing with a tough strike zone. Then you had a questionable call with Kevin Kiermeyer possibly running out of the baseline, which would have just erased his three-run inning that he gave up. Um, but, yeah, like I said, good, not great. And the thing is with this team – you keep looking for that moment for them to, like, flip the switch. Something big to happen, flip the switch. So, Clint Frazier hits that walk-off home run the other night. You think, oh, spark the offense now, whatever. You know, they scored two runs today. Um, can't recall the score from yesterday. What was it, 2-1? to one? The Yankee game? Yeah, it was a one, oh, four to 4-3, I think they won. It was another one-run game. Uh, they didn't put up... Yeah, so it's he, four to three. Yeah, they didn't put up a lot of runs. So, like I said, you're looking for that spark, and it, it, it's just not happening. Yeah, they lost another Cole start, which is not good. Obviously, I know as a Mets fan, we lose a lot of DeGrom starts. You don't want to lose when your ace is on the mound, but he gets the loss today, his third of the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw some graphics with the strike zones. That was not a good game. Aaron Boone got ejected, rightfully so. He was right. It was a terribly umpired game and listen you got to move on you got a big series coming up here against the Red Sox for three this weekend and what kind of stinks is you're not getting Cole this weekend right you have Michael King starting Friday so we'll see what happens um it's a big series obviously because you don't you don't want to fall too much behind I remember on Monday after they lost to the Rays I remember listening to the fan in ESPN radio they were saying they're going to lose seven this week. And I'm like, you're not going to lose seven games this week. Right. Okay, you're going to win a couple of them. They might not be pretty. But I heard a stat today, and it's um, the Yankees in five-run games. Like, if the other team scores five runs. they Obviously, they haven't been scoring runs. The Yankees are 0-13 in those oh. games. They're not getting in the slugfest. They're not, not at all. Obviously, they can't keep up with guys. I mean, with teams, so... You got to score some runs. They've been getting the pitching, but you got to score some runs. We know that. They're 25th in the league in runs scored. Yeah. Not good. Not good at all. You're not going to win games like that unless you're the Mets and you can pitch like that. Yeah, I was just about to say the Mets are 30th. I mean, I know they've had, they've dealt with that stuff in the beginning of the season where they missed games and they've been, they've been, I know they haven't played a lot of games, but still. No, the Mets have been scoring runs, but I can't believe that. Today, it's June 3rd that we're sitting here talking about the Yankees and their problem being offense. DJ LeMayu, we were just talking about it before. He, I think he's the biggest issue here. 
Yeah, he's a 600, uh, 664 OPS. I mean, that's not going to do it. When he's been your best offensive player for the last two years, you're going to have problems. Like, if he's not carrying you, you're going to have problems. It's like the opposite of the way he was. He was this guy where he was batting 330 and he batted 380 with runners in scoring position. Now he's a 260 hitter and he's batting like 220 with runners in scoring position. It's a complete flip of the switch. Um, He's what provided, you know, getting on base, clutch hitting, and they don't have that now, and it's obviously hurting them. And and, and that's that's your leadoff hitter. That's a guy who gets on base for your big sluggers like Aaron Judge and John Carl Stanton every other three days that he's actually playing. John Carl Stanton. I can't believe. Um, that. which listen, if I want to even step away as a Yankee fan, just as a fan of the game, this is ridiculous. So, the Yankees just had a four game series against the Rays. Um, Stanton did not play today, which is Thursday, as we are recording. He did not play today against a lefty, which for his career and this season destroys lefties. Um, he played Wednesday and he didn't play Tuesday. So they didn't play him Tuesday, but he came off the bench to pinch hit one at bat. So I said this to you. Plenty of times already because I can't stand it. He can sit on the bench, you know, eating sunflower seeds, sitting in the cold weather, and get up for an at-bat in the eighth inning. That's a rest day, but him do having three or four at-bats uh, is too much. Him DHing and not playing the field at all, just going up to the plate three more times, that's too much. We, we need to rest him. I can't think of another reason. It's not like they they didn't play him because it was a platoon thing. He's John Carlos Stanton. He's one of your best hitters. And, and and then today you don't play him again? Against a lefty? Yeah, I mean... The, I don't know if they're being soft. Like I don't, I don't think he's going into Aaron Boone's office and saying, I don't want to play today. I think it's the way that the organizations treat them and they treat them like they're soft when, and you know, in reality, I'm sure Stanton wants to go out there. I'm sure Pete Alonso they, tonight wanted to go out they're there. They're treating him like he's their 325 million, uh, you know, Voss, these, you know what I mean? Like he's, they're like, he can shatter at any moment. So we're going to tiptoe with, it's like, John Carl Stanton is like a waiter with like six glass trays, you know, glass bottles on a tray. They're like, oh, we, you know, we don't want to slip up somewhere because we might trip and all the glass breaks. Why? Why he, you're paying? You're paying the guy? What they eat like two hundred seventy million dollars of that contract? And I understand that he's had injury history, but maybe try something new. What the hell's the problem if you play him in the left field once in a while? Keep his leg, keep him fresh. You're turning this guy into a statue now, and he's just going to go up and DH every other day because apparently he needs a rest day, even with DHing? I was really, I was thinking about that the other day. I was talking with somebody, and it really is crazy that he does not yeah. play. It's it's honestly like a joke. You it's pay not- him all this money. Like, How do you not play him? And you would have so many other, you know, like, Issues solved if you did play him every day in left field. It's not like he's like Johannes Cespedes where he's got like these like shot knees and he like can't move. Yeah. He's had injury problems. He's he's strained the quad and pulled a hamstring and you know, stuff like that. It's not like he's got chronic problems. 
I don't L- get it. Listen, they want they they obviously want to take it easy with him. It's too right. easy, and I sometimes I feel for these guys, you know, when the manager or the organization's holding them out, but they right. are. By the way, semi. This is just a I don't want to say a cool story because it's kind of sad, but um, minor league pitcher got hospitalized, took a line drive to the head. Um, he's in stable condition, but they could actually called the game wow. in the eighth inning. Yeah. It's a pitcher for the Rays. Okay. Trip, tri- uh, what would you say? I'm sorry. It was that? Uh, Durham Bulls, AAA. Okay. He was hitting the head with a line drive in the eighth inning, taken off on the, f- the field on a stretcher. Wow. Oh, thank God he's okay. He's in stable condition. You know, that's always one of the things I thought as a major league pitcher. Like, does that not go through your head a little bit? And maybe it does go through some guy's head, and they don't have a great career because maybe they had an episode like that, and they're they're scared for the rest of their career. What about you? Pilar? See, you see, yeah, but you see, John Carl Stanton, and, and you know all these big power hitters hitting 120 mile an hour line drives, and one of those whizzes past your head, like inches away. Do from not think twice. Ending your life, literally. Yeah, it's it's scary. When I used to pitch, my dad would always get scared. Like when I played right. league, he would always get scared. He's like. Michael, you have to plant that foot quickly, and you have to get your glove up. Right. I'm like, all right. I'm like, yeah, I get it. But, yeah, that, that is scary. And, like, somebody asked Kevin Pillar when he was coming back, when he got activated off the IL, they said, are you scared to step into the box? And he was like, well, no. No. He's like, obviously, I'll think about it, but, you know, I'm not scared. He right. just wanted to get back into the box, which is, I guess we'll segue into the Mets. I have to talk about Kevin Pillar. Uh, again, the Yankees will open up a series Friday. Yeah. against the Boston Red Sox, Michael King versus Nathan Avaldi. That should be good, entertaining. They're going to play on primetime TV a couple of nights here. Uh, they play Sunday Night Baseball? They play Sunday Night Baseball. Sorry for you. Although I have to watch oh, yeah. it too. Can I mute it? Mm. Well, I can mute it and put on John Sterling, but I, then I have to mute that. I was going to say, because it's, there's an option for me. I can mute it and put on yeah. Howie Rose and Wayne Randazzo and be good. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Michael K said today. I'll put on John Boy or something if he's announcing the game. <laughs> Michael K said, "How much money could I make on cameo if I, um, if I announce the game?" <laughs> I'll like, that's probably illegal, Michael. <laughs> but so you get them on Sunday Night Baseball. So let's get to the Mets here. The Mets are playing right now in San Diego. We'll give you updates in a minute on that. But they took two out of three from the Arizona Diamondbacks. I almost said Padres. The Arizona Diamondbacks. Here they won the Wednesday. Oh, West Coast road, uh, West Coast road trip. The yeah, Mets. you gotta love it, right? Staying up until one a.m. Yeah. watching the game. So on Monday night they had beaten them six two. Alonzo came back, hit a bomb of a home run, and he drove in four that night. Uh, they lost game two of the series, real tough one. I fell asleep. I didn't watch it. I was sick, but um, yeah, tough loss. That Diaz blew his first save. But they came back and on YouTube TV on uh, I saw that Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. How was, was that? It was rough. Really? I muted. I muted it. Really? I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't who is he? Who's announcing it? <sighs> What's his name? Uh, Braun Scott Braun. Oh, Scott Braun. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't even know the other guy. And then they had like a reporter. His name was like Steve Gelbert or something. He's okay. he's a beat writer for the for the Diamondbacks. I don't know why they're oh, doing okay. that. But good, right? So I muted it. I was I was just watching TV and I had it on. It was right. pretty. It was just so inconvenient. Right. Like why can't I listen to Gary Keith on? You know. <laughs> but they won a frustrating game. 
They got off to a 4-0 lead in the first inning. Scored four runs. James McCann coming alive. He had a three-run shot. Then they had a bases loaded, nobody out. Grounded into a double play and then got that one run. So they only scored four. They could have had more. They started off with six straight hits. And then David Peterson comes out and says, hey, I I don't don't want to do anything tonight. (laughs) So he gets one out and gives up five runs in the inning. Oh, okay. So... But Robert Gazelman comes in, and he has a great outing, goes four and two-thirds, no runs, or one run, one run, and was great, saved the game, basically. Right. And Seth Lugo made his first appearance. It was it was a pretty solid day. Diaz came back, had a save, blowing 101 past people. He was really good. So, they're losing right now to the Padres 3 nothing. You Darvish has two hits, a single and a double. He was no hitting the Mets through five. Oh, okay. Four, like four and two-thirds. He's got a couple hits here. So they're down three-nothing in the fifth. We'll update you before we sign off. But this is a really interesting series. They're going to play a tough stretch of games here. They're going to play the Padres, and they're going to play – You said their schedule was very weak. It's been very weak. They've played their division a lot, and we know how weak the division's been. They played the Rays. They got swept. They played the Cubs. They got swept. Again, there was a lot going on during then, but – Still, they have not been good against the good teams yet. So this is going to be a test here. they got the Padres for four. Then they go to Baltimore for two. And then they're going to come home to the Padres again. And then they're going to, again, the Cubs. And right. they've not been good against the Cubs in the past years. No. So we'll see how that goes. This is going to be a good test you know, for a team that's yeah. four and a half games up in the division. You know, the Padres have been really good. And we, we were talking about they. you said they're better than you even expected them yes. to be. And I think what really sticks out is some of most of their key players are performing well, but like Blake Snell isn't doing well at all. No. He's actually been like awful. I expect him to turn it around. He's got a five point five ERA, um, but he's got seventy strikeouts in forty seven innings. Really? Yeah. So he's striking guys out a lot, but obviously he's giving up. Uh, he's leaving a lot of balls over the plate. I wonder what his home run per nine. All right, he got a one point five home run per nine. Nothing crazy. But, yeah, he hasn't been good at all. Uh, struggling with his command a lot. He's got a 5.9 walk per nine, highest of his career, even when he was a rookie. Um, so, yeah, they're he's struggling, but they they have depth, man. They have depth in the rotation. They have depth right. in the lineup. Joe Musgrove has been great. Joe Musgrove has been great. You Darvish has been fantastic. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. Chris Paddock's having a solid year. Yeah, Chris Paddock's going to start against the Mets on Sunday. Mm, that's good. That'll be interesting. But yeah, they've been. Lamette's been good since he came back. I don't know. They yeah, they are using him as a starter. I know they were using him out of the bullpen. I think when he came back. Yes. For a little bit. He's yeah. He was out of the bullpen for a while because I wanted to add him in fantasy because he was still there. Right. Um. And speaking of the Padres, did Tatis go deep today? He did. Yeah. So, so he 17. just tied. He just tied Acuna right for the for the league. And whatever it is, maybe he's at forty games now, but still a yeah. lot. If you if you did guys. home you know home runs per 162 games he's the lead leader right now by yeah. far he's because he, he was on, he was on the IL right yes oh well, he had COVID okay so he's out like ten days I right think. so yeah this is gonna be a nice test for them I was saying before if they could split this series I'll be happy hundred oh, really percent especially on the road right so facing you Darvish not having Degrom yeah no they're gonna have Degrom. I thought you said they're not going to have to. No, they're going to have to ground on Saturday against Musgrove. Oh no, I'm sorry. I got it confused. The Yankees aren't going to have Cole. Yeah, I got that confused. That's going to be a great. I'm actually very excited to watch that game. They're going to have. Uh, it's going to be Degrom versus Musgrove on Saturday night. Stroman's going to go against Paddock. Degrom batting leadoff. Yeah, he should. 
You know, I was watching on YouTube today. They had Jacob DeGrom's, like, hitting highlight reel from this year so far. Obviously, the guy's not hitting line drives all over the place. Um, So, you know, he's not going to bat 450 the whole year. But he's had some solid at-bats. He's had some, you know, pitches on the outside corner. He hit it down the left field line. And solid. he kind of looks like a hitter. I mean, he's gotten a little lucky. He hit that ball in Colorado over CJ Crone's head. There are a couple of instances where I kind of see him and I'm like, oh, he's not really, like, trying at the plate. Right. He'll also bunt here and there. See that bunt that he had? Against uh, Arizona. Yeah, that, that was, was incredible. Perfect. Yeah. He's got but some wheels on him, too. He does bit. have some wheels. Yeah, he's an athlete. Yeah, he, he is. plays shortstop. So, I can kind of tell when he's not going at it. Right. But when he wants to swing, man, he can work a nice count. Mm-hmm. And he can hit. He's, he's unbelievable. He's he great running the bases. He can. Which is, I actually forgot to bring that up when we were talking about the Yankees. The way they run the oh, bases, their base man, running. Listen, Gary Sanchez is not a fast guy. No. By any means, we know that he's a catcher. So you would think if ground ball hit in front of his face, he would stop. How does he run to third? Know. And they had yesterday, uh, there was a ball in the dirt. Francisco Mejia blocked it. And listen, I'm not going to rag on uh, Urshela because when I saw the ball hit the dirt, it was a really nice play by Mejia and kind of a lucky play too. It was like a curveball, like a 55-foot curveball. Mejia blocked it with his shoulder. Um because it bounced that early, and it kind of just fell right in front of him, and he threw a strike to third base, and Urshel was out. But So Urshel got caught stealing. Even worse than that, Glaber was on first, and he didn't go to second. So Urshel got thrown out trying to take third, but Glaber stayed at first. He didn't follow Urshel at a second. And then, even worse than that, Glaber got picked off. Then he got picked off at first. So they made two outs on the base pass. And so Glaber made two base running mistakes. So, yeah, they're, they're the Yankees, I don't know. Like I've said, this season has been confusing. I don't know what their problem is. It's like they forgot how to play baseball. They're but, a mess all over the place. And they're lucky to be 30 and 25 or whatever they are right now because it could be a lot worse. Their run differential is like plus four. Yeah. They've been winning a bunch of one-run games. Same with the Mets, though. Yeah. Their, their run differential is... Very, I, I can pull it up right now. It's kind of like the Yankees. Yeah, let's go. Let's uh, let's go around the league a little bit here. How sure. about Christian Yelich hitting his first home run at? It's no longer Miller Park, which makes me very sad because I love that Wait, name. It's not Miller. You know, Park I'm a big anymore? Miller yeah. guy with everything. Um, it's oh my god, these stupid names. You think if they're gonna replace? Obviously, this is for sponsorships and everything's for money, but like. You couldn't have picked a better name. American Family Field. I don't like that. Sorry. Um, he hit his first home run at, I'm going to call it Miller Park. First home run at Miller Park in 636 days. Seriously? Yeah. What? Did this he is, not hit? Did he not play last season? He did. He didn't have a great year. Um, yeah, but that's, honestly, this is a little skip. This is on MLB.com, but I don't. this doesn't make a lot of sense to me because he hit, how many home runs did he hit at home last year? He hit six home runs at home last year, so how would that add up to 636 days? Here we go. Milwaukee, 636 days. That's how long it's been since Brewers. Uh, oh, I'm an idiot. What does it say? It's since Brewers because there were no fans in the seats last year. Ah, uh, okay. there you go. Look, but still, even on, the, even, even on the topic of Yelich, um, hasn't been great. And, and it's weird because... 
he's he's got a 386 on base, so you would think he'd be having a good year. He's got 333 slugging. Yeah, sure. You never want your slugging to be lower than your on base. That's usually not a great sign. Um, he's batting 250. He's got one home run. That was his first home run. He's been banged up. He was on the IL twice. Yeah. So, um, not a good start, but again, he hasn't been healthy, so... Hopefully, when he gets healthy, he's exciting. So yeah, I, I mean, this him. whole this whole season has been weird with player. Mookie Betts isn't having a great year. Bellinger's been banged up. Trevor Story's not having a great. You know, MLB. I was watching another video this morning on MLB Network. They did a shortstop draft where they were. It was um, Cliff Floyd and I forgot the other guy's name, and they were draft doing a top ten shortstops draft basically, and. They left Trevor Story on the board until like the ninth pick. Wow. Who won one? I want to know. Tatis. Okay, sorry. It I was Tatis. Bogarts? Turner. Okay, Turner is having a Which really, he's having really a fantastic year. year. Bogarts actually went like fifth or something. He's Cliff so... Floyd took Lindor. Okay. Then there was Baez. So they picked Semyon in front of. I mean, I know Semyon's been great, but they picked Semyon in front of Trevor Story. Oh, going into this year, Trevor Story, I said he was the second best shortstop in the league. Yeah. I would. Xander Bogarts is so underrated. It's like not even funny. We did our. We both did um, our MLB All Star game. Right. Our ballots. Our, yeah. Our votes, and we'll actually post those on our social medias um, a little bit later. But we both had Bogarts on there, and rightfully so. He's right. been the best shortstop in the AL. And I, I went through the list. I didn't really think it was close. Right. I mean, he's been. I think there was somebody else, but I, I forget who it was. He's been one of the best. And he just goes, nobody talks about him. He yeah. just does what he's got to do. He played good defense, yeah. really good defense. And he's underpaid, too, but he's going to be a free agent, I think. He's a player option or something next year or two. Right. So we'll see him. But, yeah. There's it's a lot of good year. shortstops. And, you know, he's not part of that free agent. I think the guys that are in that free agent group, we've like kind of overrated because we've been saying, oh, this is such a good shortstop class. Such a... So now when I think of the top shortstops in the league, it's like everybody thinks of Baez and Story and Correa, who, by the way, is, by the way, is not having a good year. No. Correa. He probably should have taken that $20 million from yeah. the Astros. Uh, was, was it like 200 He got like he was 70 like, or yeah. 200 something yeah. like that. I think uh, – I forgot the exact terms of the deal. Something. It, was something, it was close to – if it wasn't, it was close to 200 Right. But, yeah, you're right. And look, at, nobody's going to make close to what Lindor made. No. It's nice to see an, an all-star ballot, though. And I got that notification today. It was like, fill out your all-star ballot. I was like, right. I can't believe we it's haven't like, We didn't have one. an all-star game last year. And, obviously, the home run derby. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Pete Alonso will be defending his title, I think, in Colorado. I want to see Acuna in it so bad. I want to see Acuna. I want to see Vlad. I want to see, obviously, Alonso. Who else do I want to see in it? I like to see like Adolis Garcia do it. You know, sure. like that. Sure, rookie again. Like um, was Vlad did it as a rookie. Yeah. And Judge did Alonso it as a rookie. Did it as a rookie. Judge did it as a rookie. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Oh my god. Pass ball. Tati scores. There we go. Four nothing. So the Mets are in San Diego. They're losing four nothing. Bottom of the fifth. As we had said before, we want to update you on the scores right now in the NBA. The Suns are leading 62-41 over the Lakers at halftime right now. I do want to touch quickly on the Islanders. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, they lost a tough one tonight at the Coliseum, 2-1 in overtime. They had tied it with about three minutes to go. Three minutes? Yeah, Yeah, three minutes to go. 
tough one. Ramoff played so he good. Did. So, they, so good. He did not deserve to lose that game. Yeah. The the, the Islanders, it, was, it looked like it might have been another one of those games they stole because the, the Bruins almost had double the shots they did on net. So, yeah. They didn't play that well. Um, they had like they, three power plays. They didn't score. Yeah. It was two. I think it was three, yeah. though. They had one late. They didn't score on them. They had a couple mishaps with the puck in their zone. Could have, you know. They fumbled the puck. It got out of the zone, and they had to reset the whole offense and attack. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously you got to even it up now at home. You don't want to go down three one and then go to Boston uh, Saturday. Yeah, they're holding. The they're they're holding their own. They are. I mean, a lot of people said that the Islanders would it, be out of this yeah. series, and they're not. They're if, playing. If well. they if they win this series, it's a shock. I, I think it would be. I was asking my boss today, and he's an Islander fan, and, he, and I said, would it be an upset? And he's like, yeah, but we expect to win. And I'm like, all right, stop being, yeah, he's stop being a fan. fan. Yeah. Like, no, t- people, around, people are around the league and everything, I saw people saying Bruins in four. You yeah. know? And the Islanders are a good team. Like, It's a little disrespectful, but it just, they, it's showing how well the Bruins are thought of. I had seen uh, NBC Boston, NBC Sports Boston. Yeah. They had said if the the Bruins play their series, you know, this will be a quick one. This right. will be an easy one. So hopefully the Islanders do. That'll be Saturday night, right? Yeah. They will play Boston at the barn. They have to, again, like you said, they have to even it up. You can't go down three one heading to Boston. So that'll be a big game. Obviously, hope the barn is rocking. Oh, it it will be. No doubt about it, and. Hope Zach Wilson and his boys are there again. You see Dan Feeney, the Jets' old lineman. He was there tonight. Yeah, but did you see that video of him like oh, chugging a beer last week? Yes, that, that was with great. all that was with all his teammates. Yeah. Wilson was there. Yeah, all the linemen. Wilson looked like a like a actor. I like know, a, like a Hollywood actor it's in front of all like, those yeah. guys, and because he's with a bunch of macho offensive linemen. Yeah, and there he is. Rob Sala was there. Hell yeah, your boy. My boy, he's at the was he at the Nick game last night too or something? <sighs> Zach Wilson was. I don't know. If, was Sala uh, also? No, there? I don't think he was. Daniel Jones was too. That's uh, what it was. It was Jones idiot. and Rudolph yeah. and Wilson was there. Yeah. Did he fumble yeah. his beer? Yeah. Here we go with the Daniel Jones slander. So that's gonna wrap it up here. This is the end of the twelfth episode. We're going to put our all star ballots. Hell yeah. On, on our story or we'll the, post them we'll, we'll post we'll them see. if you want to send yours send it on the email again we're going to get working on everything so we can you know have a lot of interaction with you guys our email is obviously always posted email us questions anything you got to say everybody enjoy the weekend weather's supposed to be better yeah hopefully have a good weekend everybody